Hello and welcome back to the Who's Podcast with me, Phil. And me, Paul. And on this show, we're talking about Doctor Who for a change. Yes, no Star Wars or anything like that. We're actually talking about Doctor Who. And this time we're going to talk about a fifth Doctor story, and that is For to Doomsday. Uh, so we'll find out what we think about that a bit later on. Uh, but first, should we see what's been happening in the world of uh, Doctor Who news, Paul? Yes, why not? Yes, yes, why not, why not? Well, there's not a lot really, is there? There's a, we, we've got a couple of bits to talk about. Um, now, first off, uh, it's a bit of casting news for the next, uh, the next series of Doctor Who. Um, now, unfortunately, this name means nothing to me, Paul. Um, that, that, I don't know if it does to you, but Jinx Monsoon. No, no, no you, you know it neither. Okay. Now, Jinx Monsoon um, is going to star in the next series of Doctor Who. Uh, we don't know um, in what capacity. But those who don't know, Jinx Monsoon... Um, has got a sort of big international fan base after winning two seasons of RuPaul's Drag Race, um, which I've never watched, actually. But she's also been in a, sort of like a sellout run on Broadway um, as Mama Morton in Chicago. So apparently right. it was the, it was the, uh, the first um, LGBTQIA plus um, person to, uh, to, to have sort of done that role. Um, so Rusty Davis says in the galaxy of comets and supernovas here comes the biggest star of all Jinx Monsoon is on a collision course with the TARDIS and Doctor will never be the same again um, doesn't he say that about every guest star that he gets yes. <laughs> he's still trying he hasn't changed has he <laughs> no I, 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 do you think he just has a has a press comment generator on his computer and it just it's AI Paul <laughs> yeah it's chat GPT, that's what it is. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, listeners, I don't know who this person is um, uh, at all. It's not my, it's not my, it's not my cup of tea, really. I'm not, not saying there's anything. I'm not having. A, please don't get me wrong. I'm not having a go. It's just not something I watch. That's it, really. End of. You know. Uh, I mean, to be honest, most people that turn up on television now are people like that. I don't know who's this person. <laughs> So it's it's no it's it's it doesn't really mean anything that I don't I've never heard of somebody to be honest. No, I mean we're still waiting for Freddie Parrotface Davis to be cast, aren't we? So. Yes. <laughs> oh dear, yeah. I mean we we don't know what what role she's playing or anything like that yet. Um, I'm assuming it's not a, a like a. Oh, I guess I can say sort of not not joining the TARDIS crew as such. It's just going to be in a particular episode. I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah. Um, but I, but I I am assuming that people have lost their minds um, <laughs> over, over this casting news. Um, I've got no idea what her acting ability is. I've got absolutely no idea. So at least one thing, Paul, right. we'll be coming into this completely blind and and with no preconceptions at all, really. Which I think right. is a good thing. To be fair. Yeah, yeah, to- totally. I mean, that's that's always been the same, hasn't it? Yeah. I mean, to be to be honest, I I'd not seen anything. I've not I've not heard of Matt Smith before. No, he was cast as as the Doctor. So it's no. I mean, I, I yeah. mean like we said, that, that, I, I, I've, I've never heard say, of Shooting Gatwar either. You know, no, exactly. So it's yeah, that that's it's all a case of well, we. we it, we trust them to get it right. Yeah, precisely. And precisely. Basically, I think mostly they have. So mm, they know much yeah. more about how good someone is at acting than I do. Yes, yeah, same here. Um, I think it's that. It's always those. I mean, 
Yeah, well, I'll put myself further in that camp or the armchair critics, isn't it? It's sort of they could, yeah. We can always do a better job than people whose job it is and whose knowledge um, of the TV and film industry it far outweighs ours. But no, we can do better. Yeah, yeah. okay, okay. That's, uh, but anyway, there, there we are. So um, I think that, is that the first bit of casting news we've had outside of the two main leads? Uh, Yeah. I think so. I think it's it, actually, isn't it? Hmm. Okay. Well, we'll we'll find out more, obviously, as the uh, as the weeks and months roll by. Uh, now, secondly, um, whilst we've been away, there's to in order for the you know this year's the 60th anniversary. Um, the BBC have launched a special multi-platform story uh, to celebrate the anniversary called Doomsday. Um, now, I, I, and now, if I wasn't feeling old enough with the last, I know. Now, do you know what? I I I didn't um, do anything with the. Oh, what was it? Was it Time Law Victorious or something? Was it the last multi-platform yeah. thing they did? I wasn't interested in that. Uh, I'm not interested in this either. To uh, to be honest, uh, I'm not interested in doing this multi-platform stuff. Watch a bit online, then you read a comic book, we read a book, or or play a game or I, I'm just it's just not my I don't have the patience for it anymore Paul to be honest with you no yeah there, there, there was a time I think it, had we been able to had this technology been around in our day um, yeah there was a time yeah I suspect that I would have been very interested in this yeah but those days are gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, this stars a stand-up comedian and a comic sketch artist, uh, Suze Kempner. Uh, again, I have no clue who, who she is. Absolutely no clue at all. And I think, again, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm just waiting for... Oh, I, I'm I, still I waiting have... for Freddie Parrotface Davis, Paul. <laughs> I, have... I have heard, but not. I couldn't really tell you anything about her stuff. The names... I've, I've seen the name, but not... I haven't, even, uh, I haven't even seen her name. I'm, 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 I'm sorry to say, yeah. I really am. But uh, yeah, this this whole multi-platform thing just doesn't really appeal to me at all. And and I say, is is this it for the 60th anniversary? Is this, is this the BBC's thing this year? Um, I don't know. No, I'm, to be honest, I'm not sure because for the 50th we didn't really. Everything came almost as a surprise, didn't it? Well, to be fair, a lot of the lot of the fiftieth anniversary stuff that we covered on on this very podcast back in the day wasn't really BBC related, was it? No, I mean, yeah, the people it was doing the most were Big Finish and the BFI. Mm. That's right. To be doing the most as far as we got, as far as the BBC was, we got the the mini episodes, didn't we? That dropped almost unannounced. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we could be getting something like that nearer the time. Could do, um, but then yeah, yeah. But other than uh, yeah, as you say, most of the stuff around the fiftieth that probably spread it out in the run up was done by yeah other people. Mm. So um, yeah, whether, whether we're going to get much more from the BBC or not, I don't know because we just yeah they're just they tended to keep it to themselves and yes, in in in, in typical BBC fashion and I and yeah. I don't mind because I mean that that I mean when they dropped. Um... Night of the Doctor, that Paul McGann short. Um, yeah. yeah I mean, wow, that, that just sort of took me completely by surprise. I, I mean, I was sitting in the hotel room in Japan when, when that dropped. Um, 
and I, I couldn't. I, wow, it was amazing. So if if they could do something as similar, or pull a similar stroke this for this anniversary, um, that that would really be um, fantastic. But I, I, we we've said all along the sixth does seem a bit of a weird one to celebrate because it usually goes fi- like fifty seventy five, doesn't it? When you talk yeah. about big anniversaries. Uh, so the sixth is a little bit of a weird. Maybe, maybe they're going to downplay it this year because fifty is a major milestone. Sixty, not so much. Yeah. So maybe this time it's going to be downplayed a little bit. Who knows? Who knows? Well, I think. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, we are getting specials from it, so yeah. I mean, that's. But I, th- I think that's that's what we're getting, really, isn't it? We're getting the three yeah. special with David Tennant before the new era yeah. with Shooty Gatwa uh, kicks off, yeah. which I still understand is going to happen at some time over the Christmas period. Yes. As I understand like it. it. But, uh, yeah, so unfortunately, um, very nice that the BBC have actually done something um, to sort of like to, you know, throughout the start the year off, the anniversary year. But unfortunately, yeah. it's not for me, I'm, I'm afraid. No. I, mean, no. I mean, we are sort of sitting here saying, I can't, uh, yeah, I can't handle this multi-platform stuff. I just want to watch the show mm. and listen to our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and watch us on YouTube. Yes. <laughs> But apart from that, I can't be doing with this multi-platform stuff. <laughs> no. Oh, Christ. Right, okay, so that is really it for the news. But uh, right now, we've got a very, very, very long overdue return to Omega's Tack Corner. You pester me with trinkets! Now, this piece of tat, um, I actually put up on a Facebook group some weeks ago now, um, but this is the first chance we've actually had to sort of sit down and discuss this, Paul. Now... Um, again, like in the 50th anniversary, um, Steve, um, they released some uh, sort of special Doctor Who related anniversary teddy bears. Now, was it, what was it last time? It was the 11th Doctor and the 10th Doctor, wasn't it last time? Or Yeah, I think so. I think so. I know the 11th Doctor was, was certainly one. But this time round, um, Steve have um, announced they're going to be releasing a first Doctor teddy bear. Uh, to celebrate the 60th anniversary. Um, it's currently on sale from the Danbury Mint. And now, those of you who've looked up on our Facebook group, you will know that this is worth £325. Worth or cost? <laughs> I don't think it's worth either of those things, Paul, <laughs> to be honest with you. It's yes. a bloody teddy bear. Um, now, the only interesting thing I, I can that I picked up on this, is actually in monochrome. The bear is in black and white. Right. Which I think is an interesting idea. Actually, Does that make it a panda? Well, yeah, it would do, wouldn't it? Yeah. Good call. <laughs> um, but £325, though, Paul, that, that is astonishing. I mean, does it come with a detachable hairpiece? But the, <laughs> it doesn't even come with a hairpiece. It's just a bald bear, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> It's like it's like watching Bungle go to the beach in Rainbow. He used to put a pair of shorts. The rest of the time, stark bollock naked. <laughs> um, now, obviously, with these th- this this type of thing, it is a limited edition as well. And that, I was that the okay. same for William Hartnell. <laughs> <laughs> limited edition William Hartnell. There's only one of them. Um, now there are one thousand nine hundred and sixty-three bears. Will be made available for, for you know for across the the worldwide demand. So there you are, nineteen sixty three. That's that's a nice little nice little link, mm. um, actually. But um, yeah, it's not worth three hundred and twenty five pounds. 
Yeah. I said, I said, yeah. so you can pay over time, it says. Can you start with Stone Age Man? <laughs> well yeah, what, the, what, the tribe man. of gum? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Leader up to 1985 when he regenerates, yeah. <laughs> no, I, oh, I, I, it just... Um, it just uh, mind yeah. you, though, Paul, we, we haven't come across something like like the... Um, what was it? The Valves. The, the Doctor Who-related Valves we found on that website, yeah. which is the most tenuous link... To Doctor Who ever, um, I think if we if we can find something like that this anniversary year, um, that that would make the Doctor anniversary for me. <laughs> if we can find something like that again, yeah. but um, actually, actually diversifying absolutely nothing to do with Doctor Who. I had to go and buy a clock for mm. work because we was doing some interviews and they had to be timed, and we didn't realise the room we was putting the people in didn't actually have a clock. Oh, okay, um, right. Um, so I nipped to to Argos, as other stores are available, and bought yeah. a clock for ten pounds. Right, the cheapest one we could get. Right, they, okay. And they said, to, "When I went to pay for it, I've got like ten pound note in my hand." I said, uh, "Do you want to pay that over instalments?" <laughs> yeah, pound a month. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you know, that's, that's surely more hassle for me than. <laughs> I'll pay a penny a week know, over 10 I years. Look, look, look at me, you know, flashing my wealth around. I've got a £10 note, I know, in this day and age, but, yeah. Well, actually, you were using cash as well, Paul. I was using cash. My yeah. God, you're so, well, la- well, you're so well, last season. I was season. buying it Come for on. work. I was not going to use my own money. Oh, God. Well, perhaps you'd like to walk into Danbury Mint Pool with, uh, yes. with, with with your cash. So yeah. you might get a, you might get a discount for cash. In my three hundred and twenty five pound note. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> oh, dear granddad. Should we, should we wrap the news up then? <laughs> yes, please. I need a cocoa. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I've got a cup of cocoa now. So anyway, folks, uh, that's it for the news and tat uh, for this episode. So coming up very, very shortly, uh, we're going to be talking about our sort of this episode that you picked this one, Paul, didn't you? Fall to Doomsday. So um, yes. yeah, we, we can blame you. Okay, folks. So for another episode, then that was the news. everybody we're now going to talk about four to doomsday um before we do let's just listen to a little clip well we're in motion so we can be pretty sure it's a spaceship so much for promises you've lost me my job patience men and it appears to be unmanned adric through their space packs no need to bother with the visors there's a lot to interest you out there young lady highly advanced innovative stuff that's a resonant stroboscope isn't it yes there appears to be nothing but machinery out there, but we are under scrutiny. There's a monoptican out there. What's that? Well, I suppose it would be best described as a sort of mobile black eye with a hypnotic stare. Whoever or whatever is running this ship knows we're here. So, we'll have a little scrutiny for ourselves. Should we meet anyone, you take your cue from me, Sperky. Should we be separated, we come back here. But can't I stay here? Yes, if you like, stay here. Adric? No. I'll come. Thank you.
Right, this episode was broadcast on our first broadcast on the 18th of January 1982 and concluded on the 26th of January uh, in the same year. Um, it may not feel like it when you watch it, um, and it's my turn to go first, isn't it? It is. It is, it is, it is. Um, I've never been really taken with this story, and it's been a while since I've watched it, um, and I never read the, the Target novelisation um, before either. Um, so I was kind of hoping that maybe the novelization might sort of open up the story a little bit for mm. me. And for me, it didn't. It was almost like a cookie cutter yeah. version, wasn't it, of, of, the, of the TV um, adaptation. And I just think it's a story that doesn't really sort of go anywhere. There's no real excitement or um, sort of, even sort of genuine peril either no to to to, to be honest um yeah well, what, uh, yeah what's, just, what's yeah, your take just... paul because yeah because i'm not really taken with this one oh. interestingly yeah i think i enjoyed the book more than the tv episodes which i can only put down to i just didn't like the instrument the incidental music <laughs> oh right okay okay because i don't think the acting was particularly i was particularly you know put off by the acting in that but no I think actually in, if you ask me what would I rather do read the book again or watch this again I think I'd read the book but I don't think there's that much difference between the two no there isn't there isn't I think the only good thing the book does um you know I didn't think it was actually possible actually was to make Adric even more un- unlikable yes because even like in the book like the, you get this sense the characters want to just want to punch his face in yeah particularly Tegan <laughs> Because I mean, in in some ways, actually, this is is this some sort of um, I don't know, I want to say justification for Matthew Waterhouse that actually it's just how the character was written that made him annoying rather than his rather no, it's got I don't know. oh no, it's got nothing to do with Matthew Waterhouse. It's just that they just it's just the way the character's written and they make he's yeah. unbelievably annoying. Um, yeah, and was it this story? I think also in Kinder, the the, the following story. He seems to side with the villain rather oh, no, easily, no doesn't spoilers. he? No spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> but he does, though, doesn't he? He sort of he's, huh. he he was rather easily swayed by by Monarch um, yeah. in, in this particular story uh, to the point the Doctor becomes very very annoyed <laughs> with him. I mean, I mean, they do say that it's a it's a certain amount of it's susceptible to hypnosis, and it's a certain hypnosis that's working on him yeah which then doesn't actually work on Nissa, which is why she's decided he should just get rid of her but it just makes him even more unlikable yeah and i think just the way that the character comes across um with with now his, his utter devotion to monarch um and it just comes across as whiny well actually Nissa's the only companion that actually is likable in this story yeah Wait. If you're honest, I mean, I mean, Tegan's basically if she if she could have flown the TARDIS, she'd have left them all to die. Yes, she would have done. So you know, no, no, no actual, yeah, faults for the for 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 them at all. Which I know, all right, it was it was getting to her by not being able to get home, but that was yeah, it's going too far, really. It was really. I mean, this is this is the quite early days for Tegan, isn't it? Because. She, I mean, the, the previous one was Castro Alva. Yeah. 
um, the first sort of like the first story in this season. And, and prior to that, she just had a little bit with um, in Legopolis with Tom yeah. Baker. So it's still early days for for, for, for the character. And I can understand they wanted to get back home, um, but again, they just make a very unlikable. Apart from the fact when she pushed over, I mean, the book it's even it's even more implied that she deliberately pushed Adric over to get out of the way. In, in the TV one, yeah. it's, not, it's like he did another little Adric trip. Yeah. She was like, ah, oh, my ankle kind, kind of thing. But in the book, she shoves him out of the way, really, doesn't she? And knocks him, knocks him completely out and has no sympathy for him at all. No. Um, doesn't, doesn't check that he's still alive. No, either. who can blame her? It was as much the willpower not to give him a kicking while he was down, <laughs> just to, wasn't Just it? to make sure. <laughs> Um, but what about Monarch's plan? Did you think it's another one of those more convoluted plans that it necessarily needs to be in, 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 in the annals of Doctor Who? What is interesting is, if his plan is that he wants to go faster than light so he can go back in time, mm. he doesn't get particularly excited about the fact that a time ship's landed on his... No. Not at all. You'd think, actually, here's here's the real shortcut to what you're doing, is get hold of that, get the Doctor to take you back, or to teach you how to use the ship. Yeah. His ship. No, not interested, really. No, nah, not I'd at all. I'd rather kill them than, than yeah. find that out. Yeah, and this, and what about this, this whole um, convoluted thing of turning people into robots? So he's he's got basically sort of like all of the abankans on... Basic sort of like com- like computer chips that he's going to like yeah. implant or, or or turn the people of Earth into robots and put these computers into them. It, it it's not a great plan, really, is it? And oh, I don't know. <laughs> There's companies out there now trying to work this one out. <laughs> oh, you're not going on your <laughs> COVID denier. <laughs> 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 no, it's just more 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 the more the scene to have had the thing about AI. That's. Well, I, was, I, I thought you were sort of like, yeah, we, we, we've had our injections and they put chips Can't into us. Can't be wrong about getting chip inside us, yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. But do you know what? The, the, one thing that sort of occurred to me is sort of like he developed that poison that it's sort of like he's going to use to conquer the earth. Um, you know, just made me, just made me think of um, that, that Bond film. Um, on Manchester Secret Service, when Blofeld as he sends these his angels of death out with the poison, doesn't he, to yeah. kill off crops? And it just sort of reminded me of that a little bit. Um, yeah, I just thought it was, it was needlessly complicated to, to to conquer the earth, and, and had uh, been going for fifty thousand years. Oh or no, something. exactly. So he's already been there. Then he's it. come. He's going back again. He's taking all that time to get there, then to go back, then to go back again. Uh, oh. Yeah, it doesn't make a hell of a lot of sense to me whatsoever. I mean, I mean, to be honest, surely there must be a planet nearer to to his own that has the required minerals and well, people. You'd have thought. Well, I don't know. I think this this is the, the my, my I think one of my problems with it that the whole plot is a little bit cliched, isn't it? it was we want to conquer the Earth and strip it for its minerals? How many times have we heard that one before? Yeah. Um, I think the only the only unique thing. Is the fact of you know all the abankans being um, turn it into computer chips, um, but again, what, what was the what, what's the reason? Well, I don't understand it really. Yeah. It, it doesn't well, I mean, make any it, sense. If you want to kill the people of the earth, do it. Why turn them into robots? I, I yeah, don't understand yeah. it. 
Yeah. Well, yeah. Actually, yeah. Why? Why? Why do you actually need to do that? Yeah. Yeah. You got this poison. Yeah. Kill them. Then strip the earth for its minerals. That's all you have to do. You know, none of this ridiculous thing about having three billion sort of people in the in the form of um, circuit boards. Um, on, oh, yeah, I don't know. It just didn't make a lot of sense to me at all. That bit. No. Um, like I said, the only, the only reasonable couple of twists in this bin, these are the spoiler bits, yeah. was the fact that A, you find out what starts off as, yeah, it's a mad plan, but he's only trying to save his people, mm. to actually, he's the reason his people are dead. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so I, mean, I quite like that as a as a switch halfway through. Mm. But yeah, there's, there's just not really enough happening <clears throat> in this. No, there it's... isn't. There isn't. And, and those interminable... Um, actually, even says in the book, actually, about another one of those... He even said that one of those interminable dances. Yes. Um, it seems like Terence Dix didn't like that when he... <laughs> uh-huh. when, when he did the, the, the uh, Target novel for this one, because even sort of like everyone's getting bored with those... These, Bloody dances all the time, and it and it did oh, yeah. sort. Of, no, oh. yeah, no. It seemed nobody <clears throat> liked them as well, didn't? It? Yeah, even in the ship they're portrayed as nobody. Yeah, nobody liked, liked them. <laughs> yeah, least of all me, I'm telling you. But uh, I mean, putting the plot to one side, I think the um, one of the sort of like, the highlights of this, I think, is Stratford Johns. Yeah, as Monarch, because it would have been very easy to have gone over the top. With, with with this with this particular character, but he didn't. Um, no. And I, I, I'm actually sort of pleasantly sort of surprised because this was sort of the era when you, you, your uh, villains had to be over the top, and, you know, almost like moustache twirling. Um, and he wasn't at all. He plays it very very straight, um, and there is just sort of this little undercurrent of menace yeah. to his performance, which which I really like. And as I say, I mean the fact like, that it actually is quite believable when he start when he's when he's telling his story about how the sun going supernova or nova mm. or whatever that yeah destroyed eventually destroyed his his planet and that is quite you know there's no over because there's because it's not done overly dramatic it's it's believable to that yeah you know, that you, yeah that suddenly you do get then the twist later. Yeah, and I, th- I yeah, I think that's uh, as I said one one of one of the sort of like the, the the high points in this. I think the other high point as well is um, Bygone. Yeah, actually, I was going to say that. Yeah, yeah, I do I do like him. Um, the others don't get a lot to do. I mean, the other one who sort of really um, sort of talks really is, is Burt Kwok. Yeah, really, he's the only one who gets to say anything. But um, yeah, but even he even he sort of becomes a good guy very sort of very very late in the day. Um, and it's only sort of really bygone that who, who sort of uh, sides with the with the doctor, yeah. um, and I like the fact I think Philip Locks gives a good performance as well. Actually, yes. yeah, I'd, I'd like his performance, um, even though he doesn't really. He's he's sort of like the he's just spouts exposition, doesn't he? Really, hmm. that that's that's, that's, that's actually that's, one that's of the his... best bits of the. That to me is one of the best bits. <laughs> Particularly of the book <clears throat> is his explaining what is the real plan, yeah, of Monarch. Yeah, so um, the, yeah, that, that was yeah. A, that was a, again as, as I said, it was, it was a, a highlight that bit. In a uh, not, I, I think the um, the yeah, the other two are Bankans, 
um, oh, what enlightenment and, and persuasion. Again, they weren't given a lot to do, really, were they? Sort of, they were sort of there no. just to. Sort of, I, I don't even know what they were supposed to do, really, other than sort of like you know their, their makeup um, wasn't quite as good as Stratford John's alien um, makeup, well, and, and they got could, out, and they got out of that fairly quickly, didn't they? As well, yeah. yeah. You sort yeah. you sort of got the feeling that was just basically written. That bit of plot was written almost to just so that they didn't have to wear the makeup. Yeah, it did seem that way. Um, that 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 bit, I, I for, I'd forgotten um, just how good an artist that Tegan was, and it makes me wonder why she didn't go into uh, design rather than becoming an air hostess, if she could draw that well. Because I, I thought oh, that, yeah. that that was that was kind of ridiculous, to be honest. <laughs> I thought, oh, God's sake, it was just a quick sketch. Thought, Bloody hell, you should be at design college with that. Blimey. Well, it's, just the, it, it's, only, it's only just the fact that they said, so what would you, so what would people normally wear on your planet? The first thing I would do is not be saying, oh, give me a pen and paper and I'll draw it for you. <laughs> oh, no, exactly. That was kind, That was a, a very, very silly little plot point there, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> that really was silly. Um, but I think the... I think the thing that this episode is famous for is the cricket ball yes. um, bit in space, isn't it? What do what, you think of that, Paul? Um, and to be honest, because c- it's too set in my mind as, as something, <laughs> it's difficult to look at it now as some as dispassionately, if you know what I mean, as, as do I like it or not, because it's just mm. there. It's yeah. It's, yeah, it's it seems to have always been there as a, as a Doctor Who fan for me. So it's difficult to yeah. Do I what do I think about that? I don't know. Um, well, I, th- I think it's it's silly. Um, yeah, but but I think for its day, I actually think it's actually quite quite well realised. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, I mean, I know that you know the the the, the, the CSO, um, everyone picks holes in that. Um, but I, I think it, it looks... It, that's it look, what it is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I think it looks all right, to be fair. It's silly, um, but I, I think it looked okay. And as you say, it's, be, it's become one of those sort of... Um, the sort of Doctor Who sort of watermarks, isn't it, really? It, it's just sort of... It's right right there with... I try to think some other little um, sort of... Even like sort of like Pertwee doing sort of like... He's a Venusian Aikido. Yeah. It's there, isn't it? It's, it? As you say, it's ingrained. When you, you think about Peter Davis, you think, oh, yeah, the cricket ball in the space. You know, it's... And at, le- at least to a certain extent, the, him having a cricket ball was in character. Yes. With his doctor. Yes, totally. Totally. And, they, and, and the fact that they did signpost it earlier when that he was carrying a cricket ball. Mm. So it wasn't just then suddenly he's stuck out in space and... Suddenly, magically, <laughs> yeah, pulled just, something out of his pocket. That... It's, it's, well, it's not Chekhov's gun; it's Chekhov's cricket ball in this case, isn't it? So, yeah, it, yeah it, it's yeah. As you're right, they they did. Yeah, it was signposted. It didn't come out of the blue, did it? And as you say, what it was in character. So I've not. Yeah, I've got no. I've got no real. I've got no real problem with it. It's just. A, it's just a very silly. It's <laughs> just a silly bit of television. To to be honest. Um, but I suppose in in a way to get the Doctor back on board the TARDIS again, after sort of Tegan did a did a disappearing act in it. What what else could they do apart from a longer no. rope? Really, that's yeah. it. 
yeah, I mean, you see, you said there's not, but that that is the only that is the major bit of peril in this whole story. Yeah, and it happens that close to the end. Hmm. But yeah, without that, actually, yeah, what is there? I mean, there is only the fact that they rescued Nissa. That is the only other bit of peril. Do you, do you that know what? It's a story. It's, yeah, it's a very weird start to a new Doctor's era. Really, isn't it? Because you've got Castrovalva again, where not a lot happens. Yeah, in it at all. It's it's quite a glacial pace. This one has also got a glacial pace. Then it's followed up with Kinder, which is one of the weirdest Doctor Who stories, probably one of the bravest Doctor Who stories. And I, w- I would like to cover that story at, at some point in the future. Um, but again, so you've got three episodes on the bounce, three stories on the bounce, which are not well, you could actually say were action packed. No, it, but, but I mean, I, th- I, description. I, I, I think, and I think they are struggling with three companions. Yes, which is stretching it out, and that's why I think you have the whole Adric and Tegan not being very good in this yeah, so, yeah, story. Yeah, just sort of butting heads all the time. Um, yeah, yeah, and then well, obviously, obviously, this story. Episode four ends on a cliffhanger with, with Nissa collapsing in the TARDIS, and that was just yeah. basically get, get around the fact that she wasn't written into Kinder, so they just have her sleeping off her headache for it throughout that entire story. It's almost as if, yeah, while this story was well, because that doesn't that happen in the book, does it? The book you don't. No, get it doesn't. Bit. No, and you do think actually, did they sort of having worked through? Bits of this to actually think. Actually, we just can't carry these many companions at the moment in that story. Mm. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I know. I was, oh, you know, it's a bit of a crowded TARDIS, but they've done three characters before. Yeah, you know, right from off the bat, you know, from the very first episode, there were th- there were three companions in the TARDIS with the Doctor. It just seemed to they, they seem to find something to do for them. But I think that the, the the problem there, or not the problem, but they. I think was you had quite an older actor in the role of the Doctor. You had William Russell doing all the action stuff. You had um, Caroline Ford as sort of like the the, the, the youngster of the team, and and you had Barbara um, as the level-headed sort of history teacher. And then sort of, and she was bringing sort of like she was on sort of meant to sort of teach the history to the kids watching at home. Really, was it sort of like that was your window into into yeah. their or the anchor, I should say, in, in, in these think, stories. I think it also helps. But you don't if, have that in this TARDIS crew, do you? No. Because the difference there, and actually where we've, we've recently had a TARDIS crew of three companions, Yeah. what worked there, and I think worked with the first Doctor, was two of them were together, if you know what I mean. So you had Ian and Barbara were a pair as, as such. They was friends before the TARDIS. Mm-hmm. And obviously, in the recent one, you had Graham and they was the, the well, grandfather to, you know, they was related as family mm. before the TARDIS. Whereas this, you've just got three completely different people from different cultures, different times, that haven't really got anything in common with each other. No, no. Um... So all you're going to get is, so, so the option to have bickering is, is quite high. We've got two bicker with each other, the same two bicker with the Doctor. That just leaves Nyssa, who's quite a bland character, really. So, it, it, yeah, it, it doesn't really work, does it? 
Because as you say, they've got nothing in common. That they're sort of, they're sort of like you say, not, two of them haven't arrived at the same time, or Tegan's still technically a stowaway. Nissa yeah. just appeared in the Gopolis because they just happened to like the character and, and, and carried on with it. But was any real sort of logical reason for her to be there? No, I would say no, yeah. there wasn't. So yeah, it's so all they could find them to to do for this this this. Sort of triumvirate was just getting to bicker. And when you've got three characters bickering all the time, it doesn't really necessarily make for good viewing, does it? Yeah. They don't yeah, they don't bring any skills as such other than Adric's mathematics. <laughs> but, but but then you've got Nissa who could do exactly the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, so you've got two similar sort of characters, um one of which isn't likable, the other one's just sort of well, beige, really. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's a very very strange, strange setup. That one, it doesn't really work. No. So, well, certainly not, if, not in this story. Anyway, it doesn't. Yeah, then if the story's not strong enough, then yeah, that's that's all you're sort of left with with them doing. Yeah, to a certain extent. Yeah, and and this story certainly isn't strong enough. No, not well, not for me anyway. I dare say there are people out there who, you know enjoy this one, but um, no, I I. I found it a bit of a slog to watch when I first watched it in 1982, and I've only watched it a couple yeah. of times since, and each time I've found it a real slog. Yeah. I mean, in some ways, this should have been Nissa's story, because it's a advanced civilization that she could have related to. Mm, yeah. And she still had nothing to do in it. Yeah, I know, really. I know. It's um... right, and This one was written by Terence Dudley, Um and I've got this. I've never been a big fan of his his stories for Doctor Who. There, for, for me, there's been something something lacking in these stories, and this one has got something lacking, and that's excitement. Yeah, it's, it's like they tried to to lean too too heavily on the the science aspect of science fiction, and it didn't it didn't really pay off for me. I'm afraid it really um, didn't. Yeah, I mean, and and getting back to the book, really, in some ways. It, yeah, if you want it explained a bit more, perhaps then we really needed him to have done the novelisation. Yeah, because uh, unfortunately, poor Uncle uh, sort of Uncle Uncle, Uncle Terence Terence Dix um, hasn't got a lot to work with, really. No, um, no. Yeah, I, I, I mean, the yeah. characters just no. There's no. Yeah, there's nothing to the characters, is there? I mean, you've you've got no, robots, no. and you've got and you've got a character where you can't start with his backstory because that's the twist in the in the middle of the story. Mm. Yeah, so sort of you are sort of like kind of, it's kind of sort of boxed himself in to a certain degree with that, where where he can sort of yeah. progress the, progress the plot. But yeah, it's a yeah. No, it's 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 a as I say, as I said, it's it's a very very strange start to a to a Doctor's era. You know, I mean, yeah, three fairly similar stories on the bounce. I say similar. Kinder Kinder is a, I I do like Kinder, even though. Not a lot happens in it. It's a very, I find it a very unsettling story, actually, and and, and I mean that in a good way. So yeah, um, yeah I, I would like to cover that, but this one, so, sorry, it, it it just falls flat for me. I'm I'm, I'm very sorry. So any, anything else to yeah. add, Paul? No, no, I think that was about it. I mean, they, they didn't even sort of do the Tegan with the Aboriginals, which they could have explored in this as a, in part of the story. You know that mm. she's longing to get home. This was actually a, quite a connection to home, and, and as you, yeah, really, as you say, we, she we didn't, really, she didn't yeah. have any interest with them other than that first meeting. 
you'd have thought she'd have been looking to find them out to talk to them. But that doesn't sort of happen. No, no it's just they're just no. there. They're just another. Let's just pick three eras of, or four eras of four eras, yeah, Earth yeah. history, <clears throat> and made them and incredibly then, dull. <laughs> yeah, but they had an opportunity to sort of explore with one, at least with one of them. Yeah, and didn't. No, nah, it's a shame. It is. A, it is a real shame that they couldn't have done something more with this. But as I, as I say, I, th- I think there's a, I think there's a good story struggling to get out. I'm not saying it's not the it's, it's nothing to do with the production values of it at all. I because I, I, I thought it actually looked, to be honest, I thought the sets looked rather good in this. Actually, they made use of 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 the, the studio in this yeah. rather than sort of having tight shots. There lots of wide shots, sort of even up to the, up to the ceiling. It, it, they've made use of it, and I, I again, it was it was actually really actually quite well put together. It's just the story. I just, I just find internally dull. I really do. So, um, ah. yeah, it's a shame. It is a shame. But uh, anyway, anything else? To, anything before we wrap this up, or anything else to, to no. add? No, no. It's a bit, no. of, a bit of a disappointing one. That one. But I was hoping that the novelisation would um, sort of pep things up a little bit. But unfortunately, as, as you said, Paul, no. we didn't have a lot to work with, did he? No. No. It's a shame. It's a shame. Anyway. Um, that's it for this episode. So when Paul and I return, we're, we're back to Big Finish again, aren't we? Yes. Now, who haven't we covered on Big Finish for a while? Last time we did was the uh, Eighth Doctor, wasn't it? Should we do a Seventh Doctor? Yeah, can do. Yeah, okay. Because I don't think I'm, I don't recall doing the McCoy story for quite some time, actually. So I think we'll. Um, hmm. Yeah, let's, let's let's do a McCoy one then. Um, so that's what what Paul and I will be doing next. Um, I think also before then, obviously we, we still got the sort of like the um, Who's TV stuff coming up. Obviously, I, I've skipped an episode of The Mandalorian because it wasn't very well, so I do apologise for that. Um, and there will also be um, at some point a, uh, a review of the last couple of episodes of The Bad Batch as well, which I've missed at the, at the same time. So we'll get round to them um, eventually, but we'll sort of try and get back on track um, at some point. Um, and also coming up after this episode has gone out, uh, we'll have the third part of um, our conversation with J.R. Southall about podcasting as well. So it, it, uh, we, we think this will be the last part, but we said that uh, it's only meant to be a, a one part anyway, and that we're out to three parts. So we'll, we'll see how we go. We, we think this will be the last one, but we'll, we'll see how we go. And, and remember, we're not interested in multi-platform. <laughs> <laughs> Don't have the time for it. Don't have the time for it. No. <laughs> So until then, everybody, it's goodbye from me, Phil. And goodbye from me, Paul. Goodbye. Thanks for listening. You can download this podcast from iTunes, Amazon Podcasts, Spotify, and through your podcatcher of choice. If you would care to leave us some feedback on iTunes, that would be very much appreciated. You can also find us on Twitter at who's underscore he underscore podcast, on the Who's He Podcast Facebook group, and through our website, who's hyphen he hyphen podcast.co.uk.